Welcome to the Outrage Science Bites podcast, a companion podcast to the Outrage Overload podcast. This is day 18 of the NAPOD POMO Challenge, that's National Podcast Post Month, where we're posting an episode every day, 30 days, every day in the month of November, one episode a day. And in today's episode of Outrage Science Bites, we're going to talk, I'm going to follow up on something we talked about oh, yeah, a couple days ago. We introduced the idea of worst case scenario thinking, and some, and some folks um, gave me some questions about that, so we're going to look at some specific examples. And I want to say I really appreciate everybody that's gotten back to me with some ideas for things they'd like to hear about or questions they've had about some of these episodes. If you have one of those questions, you can email me, outrageoverload at gmail.com. And there's also a place you can leave a voice message. If you go to outrageoverload.net, scroll down to the bottom, you'll see a place where you can actually, just from your web browser, leave me a voice message. And maybe ask a question or something that you've heard about on this show, um, uh, on this show or on the Outrage Overload podcast, or just anything at all related to any of the topics we talk about. And that includes political polarization, outrage exhaustion, extremism, civility, incivility, healthy conflict, disinformation, information literacy, outrage fatigue, stress, media, social media, any of those things or any other question you might have that you think might be appropriate for an outrage science bite. So I do appreciate those that have sent in ideas or had questions, and I will be getting um, getting those, working those in, into these episodes. Um and so, yeah, appreciate that. And there's still plenty of room left. There's lots of room for ideas left. There's another 10 days or more that need to be filled out. So if you have ideas for episodes you'd like me to talk about, uh, please, please get hold of me. Uh, please, please reach out. So, yeah, so back to the worst case scenario thinking. So, you know, I, I had that show a couple of days ago on day 16 about worst case scenario thinking. And, you know, some folks had some ideas about, well, what, but, but is my idea, is my fear, you know, a worst case thing or is maybe it's more probable? Am I being, is it realistic? Is it not realistic? So I thought I'd just give a couple of examples of this and I'm going to sort of warn everybody that I suspect something I'm going to say in this episode might not make you happy because I'm going to take two of the sort of common ones that we, that we uh, hear a lot or, or that kind of are out there you know, as, as a kind of meme right now. And it's kind of a generalization of the question of the fear of, hey, if the other side wins the election, in this case, we'll talk about the presidential election, but it could be others. But, you know, if the other side wins the election, uh, you know, it's going to destroy the country. Uh, it's going to be some sort of a catastrophic, uh, catastrophic event. Right, so we're going to look at two things that we could, we could characterize, and maybe you could debate it by an opinion. You might say it's not such an outlandish thought, but I'm going to look at two thoughts, and I'm going to say, if we take those a specific example of that kind of of a fear, so, you know, let's say someone holds the fear that if Trump wins in 2024, he will destroy the country, and, and then I'm going to also take the opposite case of, of Joe Biden, so we'll come back to that, but I'm going to, let's first talk about the Trump case. So I'm not going to cover the part of who is going to win or who might win. Obviously, neither candidate is guaranteed to win, so we won't go talk about that part of the fear because obviously that is a fair fear that either side could win if you're really that concerned about the other side winning. So we'll say, you know, let, even if Trump does win, you know, what 
what is what is the chance that he will destroy the country or something similarly uh, so, some similar kind of outcome well the first thing is you know he will not have uh, you know that level of power you know he won't have the same level of power in his first term um, the Democrats will likely control the House of Representatives that will make it difficult for him to pass legislation and he'll also face opposition from the courts and the media some would say that Trump is not as popular as he was in 2016, so his approval ratings have been lower. And a lot of the scandals and legal cases have, have eroded public trust in some circles. I guess the final thing is that, you know, we, we know the United States is a resilient democracy. So we've survived many challenges in the past, and it will probably survive another Trump presidency if that were to come about. There are a number of institutions and safeguards in place that will prevent him from destroying the country, quote unquote. So, you know, I think some could say that it's understandable why some people fear that if Trump would win, he would destroy the country. It's not particularly probable. The U.S. is a strong democracy with a long history of overcoming challenges. It is likely to survive Trump's presidency, just as it has survived the presidencies of other controversial figures in the past. So, so now let's take the other side of that coin, and let's say you have the fear that if Joe Biden wins it in 2024, he will destroy the country. And again, this is a matter of opinion about whether this is worst-case scenario thinking or not. Some people may believe that this is a valid concern, while others may believe this is an exaggerated or unrealistic fear. So there's no doubt there are challenges that the United States faces, both domestically and internationally. However, there are also many reasons to believe that the country is in the strong position and that it's unlikely to be destroyed by any one person or event. And here are some reasons why you might say, you could argue that Joe Biden destroying the country is a fairly low probability. Again, the United States has a strong system of checks and balances, so the system makes it very difficult for any one person to accumulate too much power or to make drastic changes to the country without the support of Congress and the courts. Secondly, the United States has a long history of overcoming challenges. The country has faced many crises in its history, from wars to economic depressions to natural disasters. Each time it has emerged stronger and more resilient. And finally, the United States is a diverse and vibrant country with a strong sense of national unity. This unity is what has allowed the country to overcome its challenges in the past, and it is what will continue to keep the country strong in the future. Now, yes, it's realistic to believe the United States will face new and unforeseen challenges in the future, but there's no reason to believe that Joe Biden will be any less capable of handling those challenges than any other president. In fact, he has a long history of public service and a proven track record of working with people from all walks of life to find common ground and solve problems. So the question is whether or not if Joe Biden wins in 2024, is that going to destroy the country? Or if Trump wins in 2024, is that going to destroy the country? There are many, as you can see, I've pointed out, there are many reasons to believe that the country is in a strong position and that it is unlikely to be destroyed by any one person or event. So I'll wrap that episode up there. If you, you know, have questions, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts on that. So the point is that this kind of thinking that if so-and-so wins an election, 
um, I can't let so-and-so win an election, and it's, it's a matter of life and death. The country will be destroyed if that person wins. You know, how likely is that? How probable is that? You may disagree with some of the points, the counterpoints that I made, and I'm open to your um, feedback on that. You can reach me at outrageoverload at gmail.com or on the website outrageoverload.net where you can find the long-form podcast, Outrage Overload, and you can also find past episodes of this Outrage Science Bites podcast. There's also a place, if you scroll down, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, to send me a voice message. You can leave me, um, you can record a voice message right from your browser, and I listen to all those messages. So hope you liked this episode, and I'll see you tomorrow.